0: Hello I'm Andrew Suskind and I'm a psychotherapist based in Los Angeles specializing in trauma and addiction. Welcome to our podcast which is called It's Not About the Sex, also the name of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior often referred to as sex addiction. In particular we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints brand new perspectives, and practical tools toward living a deeply connected life. Let's get started. Patty Britton is a pioneer in the field of sex coaching and a seasoned sexuality expert. She's a world-recognized leader in sexual health for the past 40 years and trains sex coaches and sex experts around the world at sexcoachu.com. Dr. Britton works with individuals and couples who want to become their authentic sexual selves and feel the joys of lasting sexual pleasure, whether it be alone or with a partner. Patty developed a treatment model called MEBS, which integrates mind, emotions, body, energy, and spirit. I've known Patty for more than 15 years, and I can personally attest to her direct, honest approach, infused with her great sense of humor as she helps her clients develop a more satisfying, playful, spontaneous, and fun sex life. Patty works in private practice here in Southern California and trains other sex coaches, both locally and all around the world. Please welcome my friend and colleague, Dr. Patty Britton.
1: Oh, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you.
0: So, so wonderful to How have you. How can I live it.
1: up to that?
0: <laughs> you already do. So, you don't even have to try.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you on this podcast. This is great. Such an important topic.
0: It is an important topic. And it's so fantastic to have you here today and for us to be able to have a conversation about sex coaching. Now, yeah. You know, many of our listeners don't really know what sex coaching is, so I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about the history of sex coaching and what it really means. How would you describe it?
1: Uh, well, in order to do that, we, we probably need a couple of hours, but let me, let me try to telescope in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually came into contact with the founder of coaching as a profession, Thomas Leonard, in the 1990s. And I had been trained as a sexologist and a sexuality educator for many years. And I just didn't feel, and it's a feeling more than a thought, that sex therapy addressed the whole person in a way That was proactive, that was humanistic, that was dynamic, that moved the client forward toward the things you talked about in the introduction, which is pleasure and joyfulness and fulfillment and wellness and well-being. Because our sexuality is an essential and natural part of being human. And I, I just have always been that person, that clinician, that educator, that voice in the world to dispel the pathological view around our sexuality. And so I married what essentially was my background as a sexuality educator, as the foundation for how I work with clients, turning it into a personalized experience of debunking myths and providing accurate information and helping people restructure and reframe their negative self-talk, which is the culprit. It was so many people's sexual problems and also dealing with the, the parts of the model that, that you discussed and described um, a little bit, which is the integrative whole person five part model that I developed when I started to define this way of working with clients as sex coaching. And so the what of what I do is sexology, the study of human sexual behavior and its impact on, on ourselves, on our partners and on the environment. This is the new thing, but also the how of coaching. I love coaching. Coaching is so fresh. It's so rewarding. It's fast. It's efficient. It's about moving somebody toward their desired outcome instead of wall. And you know, I love therapists and I love therapy. (laughs) It's not a negative, but so many times people just wallow in their problems and their misery and repeat their story. And I, I find that with my clients, often they've been failed by their therapists who don't want to talk explicitly or even directly about S E X. They're afraid of it. They're uncomfortable with it. So Sex coaching uh, was sort of born in 1993 when I defined it and gave a a presentation at a national conference. And then in 2005, my book came out, The Art of Sex Coaching, from W.W. Norton and Company. And Since 2010, I've been training people through what was a little idea to bring my book alive and start training people on the book, known as Sex Coach University. And we're now in 67 countries. 67? 67, we just got a new country. How many
0: continents is that?
1: Oh, I, gosh, I don't know. Every one but Africa, I would say. Okay, well, you have one left then. I have one left to conquer, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) Conquering
0: the world, Patty
1: (laughs) to promote because, you know, this is my mission in the world is to train as many ready, willing sexuality professionals, or professionals who feel a calling to do this sexual wellness. And, And I'll say I'll say sexual healing work for and with their clients. And because of the age and the stage of my life that I'm in, my mission is to really accelerate that and do this project of mine um, until I no longer have the energy to do it. And so that's why Sex Coach U is really my baby. I spend 90% of my, my time at work working on sexcoachu.com and only a very small portion of my time with private clients.
0: And that was actually my next question, because I know you're putting so much of your emphasis and energy nowadays on training, which is fantastic and spreading it all around the world. But I'm wondering if you could circle back to the time when you were seeing more clients so that you can give our audience a sense of who would be calling you, what are they looking for, and what would be those coaching goals that you would work with a typical client?
1: Well, I know that part of what we do want to address is this um, charged topic of compulsive sexual behavior or sex addiction, and however we talk about that. And and actually, the compulsivity aspects is a very small part of the work that I have done in addressing that with my clients. I really attract a range of clients, and and I have I have some specialty areas that really appeal to me. Certainly, addressing sexuality and aging, which is really not talked about enough, not only understanding the ravages of aging and and the joys of aging, because it's both, but the impact it has on our sexual ability and our sexual sense of self, but also there are classical issues that people come to me with and to sex coaches with, such as erectile dysfunction or challenges, as I rather call them, ejaculatory control issues, a lot of body image issues. And and I'm speaking about men in particular, as I'm thinking about ejaculatory issues and erectile issues. But on the other side for um, cisgendered females, of course, it's The same thing in terms of orgasm and and also body image issues are such a prevalent problem as as women look at themselves in the mirror and and say these horrible things to themselves and and a lot of couples work. I'd say that most of my work has been a a combination of working with individuals and couples, and now it's mostly the sexless couple. And this is the pandemic, and it's been defined since, I think, 1992 is when we first defined this. And it's people who are not having sex enough for themselves as a couple. And often one has a higher desire than the other, an uneven desire. But these are people who've fallen off the track and are almost DOA, that's dead on arrival when they show up in my office, or another sex coach's private practice, because they, they don't know how to get back on track, and they've lost something. And and they've lost, uh, it's a spark, it's, it's the, the, the desire, they've lost their comfort, they've changed maybe over time in a long-term relationship, and we could talk about, you know, the evolution of, or the de-evolution of lust in a loving relationship. But there are so many factors that come into play today, whether it's people questioning their gender identity, or their orientation, or wanting to explore polyamory, or BDSM, the kinky side or the spiritual pathways. But the mechanical breakdown still persists, as well as the couple dynamic breakdowns that I, that at least I see and that I certainly train my students at Sex Coach U to address. Does that help? I mean, I, there there are a lot of them.
0: Right. I, I know that it's very a very big question. And I just wanted to add, because some of our listeners may not know the difference between coaching and therapy. And, and I just wanted to see if this sounds right to you. So coaching sounds very much about future focus, action orientation, yeah. values driven, and and finding out truly what what's in the heart of hearts, what somebody wants and desires. Oh. And, and I hear the words that came to me as you were talking is that you're really, in some ways, resuscitating um, one's sexual vitality, sexual desire, and helping people start to explore what what would really be a a way of feeling more alive sexually.
1: And finding out who they truly are. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's a, there are terms bantied about in the marketplace today about the authentic self. And it annoys me (laughs) because authenticity is a very important value that I hold and integrity and honesty. And I think that You know, it's easy to say, Well, find your authentic self and it's not that easy to find your authentic sexual self. I like to term it as sexual self realization, not that different from Abraham Maslow's work of you know, of self-realization and even using the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's really old and it still applies today. One of our foundational primal needs is to express our sexuality just as it is to breathe, to, to to meet our needs for thirst, shelter, and hunger. Sure. And and that's a controversial position to take even today, which may be shocking for those of you who are listening, but really it is essential and part of our nature and we are entitled to and deserve to have that. That experience and right. that
0: expression. I love that, Patty. So sexual self-realization also speaks to one's identity, right? Who, who yes. am I? What, yes. what, what do I really, really want? And how are we going to work on that in, in a way that's going to propel me forward towards something that's going to be more satisfying, fun, and liberating?
1: Yes. And I I see a lot of shutdown, Um, whether it's shutdown between people in relationships, sexually speaking, because my work is only around the sexual scope of a relationship, which of course has tentacles into the relationship itself. But my focal point, my filter is the sexuality and sex, sexual behavior, sexual expression, sexual longing, sexual fantasy, whatever that, whatever that touches in a human being. And, and I find that there's so much shutdown and I, and I I know you know you weren't planning to talk about this necessarily, but I think part of the shutdown is toxic shame And I think that's why so many of us are fans of Brene Brown's work in shame resilience, reconstructing and in really naming it, claiming it and finding ways past that pattern. And I also think that there's there's such a need, to, to really understand what is sex. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing a summit. I do a lot of summits with 21 experts and 10,000 visitors and all that. And the first question that came up from a summit coming up for me is what is sex? I mean, I could talk for six hours. To answer that question. But what does it mean to you as an individual? Where is it that you shine? Where is it that your longing wants to take you? And how do you get there? And how do you clear all the boulders out of the road so that you can be free and be in flow? That's what this work is about.
0: Sure. And and so just to circle back to shame for a moment, I, I can't agree more that I think toxic shame gets in the way of, of so much of one's vitality and is so much about a, a shutdown on so many levels of, of being in the world. And one of the things that Brene Brown says is that shame is given to us by others and shame is healed through others. So, yes. when, so whether we're talking about coaching or therapy or 12 step, that's where we, we get to experience a sense of of worth and not feeling like somehow there's something inherently wrong with us.
1: Yes. And, and I, I'm i also going to say something else that m- may be surprising for those of you who are listening, and that is that what I'm watching is an epidemic of not just sexlessness but touchlessness. Mm-hmm. And the more we um, use our apps, the more we use our thumbs on our electronic devices and think we're having authentic, real relationships, the worse it becomes. So, so much of my work lately is helping people get out of the shutdown of not being in their bodies at all and not experiencing touch. And I, I think that's a, I think that's a crisis going on today. Don't you agree?
0: Absolutely. And I do want to segue for a moment into the 12-step rooms because when we're talking about touchlessness or sexlessness, there's actually a a time when somebody identifies themselves as being sexually compulsive that they want to establish more boundaries, right? Because they've been boundaryless uh, in their sexual acting out, as we sometimes call it. Yes. And so in other words they're recalibrating what it's like to acknowledge their their so, themselves as a, as a sexual be- being but they're also being really cautious about what they can and cannot do and they often work with sponsors and other folks and program to help them establish new boundaries. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that might look like in terms of someone who's in recovery from sexual compulsivity and is revisiting what it means for them to have
1: healthier boundaries. Well, it's interesting because they have to grow up as a sexual person again. And it's, it's not that much different from clients that I have served in the past who said, I've only had sex drunk or high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know how to connect with my new partner my spouse, my whatever. And, and so they have to really begin to know who are you. It all begins with knowing yourself first and knowing what feels good, knowing what doesn't feel good. Even in our training, we talk about the sexological exam. Like, you know, we have to claim our bodies without the shame, without the fear, without the guilt. And then we have to know what pleases us, what pleasures us, what is arousing what is triggering (laughs) and then you need a good therapist to help you deal with that sure which i am not i don't deal with that kind of um experience because i'm not a psychotherapist i chose not to be a psychotherapist so that i could work as a clinical sexologist from that perspective which is very different but i i feel like there's it's controversial and it's complicated because there's a there's a push towards stop and no And boundaries are part of the healthy self. So as long as there's no, but then understanding the self and then moving toward, yes, I'm okay with that. But when it's an edict that shuts down things like never masturbate if you're in recovery, I have a problem with that. And and I think as a sexologist, again, that filter that we use as we look at the world is about let's find healthy and appropriate ways of expressing our sexual energy, our sexual desire, our sexuality, and let's express it. Let's not hold that back because it's wrong or bad or it's going to lead you into compulsive, destructive, out of control behaviors. So it's 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 a it's it's, thin ice. This aspect of recovery. Don't don't you agree with that?
0: I do. And and what you were saying about the idea of growing up again sexually or or maybe discovering for the first time what someone enjoys sexually yeah. is so key to the healing because I think what you're saying is that maybe the abstinence period as they sometimes call it in program is essential to for a reset. Right, it's a yes. chance for the brain to recalibrate and to have some oxygen and to feel a sense of, okay, so who am I without compulsive masturbation to porn, or who am I without multiple affairs that are um, side by side with compulsive masturbation, or what the, whatever the case may be. That right, right. that's Could be hy- a lot of hypersexual, things. exactly, and then the baton can be passed over to you once somebody has gotten their sea legs again and 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 has a sense of oh okay, so I'm I'm kind of a blank canvas and and then who can help me with that next part of the journey? because I think oftentimes un- unfortunately, there are a lot of folks in program who feel adrift. They feel like, oh, okay, I've got to stay very rigid and rule bound to whatever my sponsor tells me and to whatever my sexual recovery plan has outlined for me and they might stay on that plan for 10 years and they might not really have a chance to explore who they are sexually so so really i think you and i see eye to eye in that both have value but how they work together in terms of timing and in a respectful gentle and um, containing kind of way is is really essential
1: and I think that what's happening in this sex addiction recovery movement, I'm going to call it, is a movement toward managing the unhealthy sexual behaviors toward a path that leads to healthy sexuality. Not sexual health. There's a whole difference between sexual health, which is very well defined, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very involved internationally in the organization, the World Association for Sexual Health (WAS), and we are very clear about how we define sexual health. But we've ne- no one has ever defined universally healthy sexuality. And and isn't that interesting? So there's this hmm, there's an interesting gap between where where we can define something and where we can't. And I always say, because it comes back to self, it comes back to the individual finding what is healthy sexuality for you. And what I mean by that is an expression of your sexuality and of your sexual energy. And we don't even have good language to talk about this. And, and I do see the movement, whether it's with um, people who have done work such as Alex Katahakis and others who have attempted to define even clinical treatment models for professionals who work as CSATs or in other capacities helping people to stop these disabling and destructive behavior patterns, and then what? There's got to be a then what.
0: Right, so CSATs, for our listeners, is a certified sex addiction therapist and focuses primarily on those who are recovering and and sometimes suffering from Mm -hmm. sex addiction, um, I'm wondering. I have a final question for you, Patty. I'm wondering about your training of sex coaches because I, I, I never, I didn't realize it was 67 countries, and so we're talking about a worldwide movement toward yeah. training those who who really want to bring this message that you're talking about today. So tell tell us more about the actual training and credentials that a sex coach would receive if they went through your program?
1: Sure. Well, um, first of all, we, we only open up enrollment three times a year. We just had our enrollment a couple of weeks ago and sold out. <laughs> and and it's, it speaks to the need. It speaks to the need in the world for healing, for assuaging the agony that so many people suffer from around their sexual story, around their sexual experience, around their unfulfilled sexual self. And it, it calls in people who really feel that this is, this is their life's work, in a sense, and whether they're a psychotherapist who wants to integrate addressing sexual problems within their private practice or their clinical skills base, which is really one of the movements I see happening today, or nurses or even uh, physicians or People who work in body work and want to learn how to do the talking part. <laughs> so interesting, isn't it? Absolutely. Or people who are already doing life coaching because, you know, what's really important to understand is that sex coaching, as I have defined it, along with uh, our our ethical standards of care, along with our guidelines, along with our world association of Sex org website, where we define the standards of what. You should have <laughs> in terms of your background. You know, there are so many people who easily can say, oh, I'm a sex coach or I'm a life coach or I'm a this coach and they have no training and they really have no business doing it because it's so deep and complex and serious a way of working with another human being. And so the program is 24 courses. It's about 250 hours of training. It takes at least a year to go Fantastic. through it self-paced learning and Mm -hmm. then i'm so excited to have just inaugurated the new the new part of it which is business success training Mm. this is where i light up Uh (laughs) because i want people to be able to do this and make a living and also be able to take care of themselves so they can take care of others that's really what my mission is so it's a very rigorous sexology and coaching training program and it's at sex coach Letteru.com, and we always are, you know, interested in people who feel that this is the path they want to take in their lives to give to others.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Patty. That that's so exciting that you're bringing the word to so many different countries, and soon to be soon to Africa as well. <laughs>
1: Actually, I'm wrong. Of course. What am I thinking? We have two graduates in Africa. Sorry about that. All the world.
0: Incredible. Every every continent.
1: (laughs) Every continent. You touch every continent, Patty. Every continent. out there. We're out there.
0: So this is very, very special to have you here with us today. I I cannot say how incredibly um, privileged I am to have you here on the podcast and privileged to have you in my life. So I just want to thank you you so much for, for this time together
1: my pleasure and you know it goes both ways and um i think it's so important that we have honest open conversations about sex and sexuality as an intrinsic essential part of being human and alive so thank you
0: you're welcome anytime patty
1: thanks love
0: you're welcome take good care okay bye 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 thank you for listening to today's podcast with dr patty britton author of The Art of Sex Coaching. Sex coaching is a relatively new field that Patty has introduced to the world and how it interacts with sexual compulsivity. I'll look forward to you joining us for future podcasts.